As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Welcome to the My Essential Birth Podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Stephanie. And we're professional doulas, childbirth educators, and the creators of My Essential Birth, the holistic, empowering online childbirth education course helping mothers everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. So join us each week as we share tips and advice for all things pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can be the first to get new content. And head over to www.myessentialbirth.com for more information about our birth course and to join a community of mamas just like you. Before we get started, we would like to invite you to leave a review for this podcast in iTunes. It's a brand new show and it's really important in the launch of a new podcast to gather reviews. Will you please help us spread the word by leaving a review so that more mamas have a chance of finding this podcast when they search for one? We read every single review and we promise to keep doing that. We love what everyone, all of you ladies have been saying about the Pregnancy and Birth Made Easy podcast here with My Essential Birth. So thank you everyone for your continued support. Our reviewer of the week is Trey Bocoop. She says, this is the best pregnancy podcast ever. Love Stephanie and Courtney. They're always so fun to listen to and super informative. Well, that's a really Obviously, high. we agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> we agree. That is setting the bar high, and we will promise to try our best to deliver every single week. We hope you guys are going to love this week's podcast episode topic. We're talking about how it is a little bit different with our first pregnancies and births versus all the rest. <laughs> So for some of our moms that are listening, maybe you're a first-time mom, we hope that we can bring a little bit of joy to your life. For our second, third, fourth, sixth, seventh moms, uh, we know that you're just probably going to be laughing along with us. So hope you enjoy. All right. So one of the first things that I noticed with my first compared to all the other babies was how many gadgets I thought (laughs) I needed with my first baby. I mean, everything from a bottle warmer to a bottle drying rack um, wipe warmers, the specific baby towels, you know, the ones with yes. the little triangle yeah. hoodie or baby wash the diaper genie. <laughs> I think, I seriously think we went through maybe three of the little insert cartridge things before I was like, this is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Not just that, but it's smelly. If you guys have used a diaper, like it doesn't, right? That's the whole point. No, mine wasn't smelly. That's the whole point. Uh, I know that's what they say the point is. I don't know. Maybe I didn't have very good luck or like, I remember going to people's homes and I was like, but it just stinks in there. Like it still stinks. <laughs> like just throw it outside, you know? 
Yeah. Um, but if you're like me, you're probably piling them somewhere and taking them out in big loads. So maybe it is a good idea. I don't know. But yes, um, how about all the baby toys, right? Because they yeah. toy, do the contrast, like the black and white, and this is, anyways. And well, and buying stuff way too soon developmentally for when they would need it, right? So like I, so had, I had a little um, jumperoo exosaucer thing when he was like three months old. <laughs> I couldn't even really totally handle that yet but yeah you just get excited yeah and uh, i was joking with courtney that you know he get like five different types of bouncers or all the different like cribs right because you have mm -hmm. the rolling bassinet and then the bassinet that's next to your bed and then for us we had the little one that went in between us it wasn't it was like a flat one that so you wouldn't roll over onto your baby right yeah. that lasted like two weeks you have a swing yeah. and a bouncy seat although i will say now see i've been out of the game sadly now for seven years there have been some really cool gadgets that have come on the market, really cool and I was like, oh, I would so buy that. <laughs> I would so buy that. Like the dock Yeah, and no, the, they know what they're doing. There's the good little, advertising. The co-sleepers that, like, scoot up right next to you yes. where it's open. Yes. I want that. Yeah. So, so anyways, we're not saying it's all bad. We're just saying your baby will still live without these things. And what I found, like, I had, I tried all three babies in this, like, nice bassinet that none of them liked it. Like, it yeah. wasn't even worth it. So yeah. you just don't know what's going to work. And all the clothes. Oh, my gosh, the clothes. <laughs> now, I will say that there are things that I did get a ton of mileage out of, mainly sleepers and onesies. Mm. But all the fancy clothes, like, oh, my gosh, look at the little Nike shoes <laughs> that they were able to wear for all of two weeks before they grew out of right. it. Or all the fancy, you know, church clothes and stuff like that. It just, you know. I mean, I will say the benefit to having some of those things with your first is if you do plan to have more children, then you can recycle them. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, yeah, like you said, you're going to get two weeks out of a lot of these things and not see him for a couple years so That's I right. mean you don't need it is their point with my first pregnancy I was admittedly a little bit paranoid or sensitive to things that I should definitely not be doing during pregnancy mm -hmm. um certain foods for example I love sushi like I crave <laughs> it if you ask me where I want to eat I'm always going to be down for sushi but during pregnancy you know like oh my gosh I can't have fish like I've got to be so careful until I think it was with my you know, later in pregnancy, somebody's like, well, what do you think the women in Asia, yes. eat? they eat yes. all the fish. So anyway, yeah. but yeah, you get really worked up about, oh, I can't have that cookie dough. Oh, I didn't use hairspray. I wouldn't dye my hair. I wouldn't walk into a <laughs> nail salon. I was like, I'm not going to hurt my baby. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, definitely later I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something for me and I'm going to eat that raw cookie dough. Don't tell anybody <laughs> I told you that. Yeah. I was, Stephanie and I were just talking about pregnancy journals and I did keep one with every single pregnancy, all four. However, the entries were a lot shorter, <laughs> not as detailed. I didn't have a baby shower with, you know, my baby boys, number two and three. So I didn't even get to fill out that section at all. So, um, so there was that. But also the taking the belly pictures. Yes. Every single, like, documenting week. Were you week. good about that? If I'm being honest, no. I wasn't good with any of them. Right? No. But I do feel like I had more with my first than I did of any of the others. Yeah, I think I was better about taking, making sure I got one at least every month or so. Um, I didn't do them every week. But I think that's more of a thing now than it was. That's true. I well, it, I want to say it seems like it's more of a thing because the, the Instagram the moms see right, doing it. are yeah. doing it. Don't feel bad if you're not doing it. Yeah. But I will say I think it's worth it. I wish I had more. I wish I would have mm -hmm. done a little bit more. Um, so I think that's a fun thing to do. And it's at least for myself with the pregnancy journal, 
I kept one and it was with my first and now I feel a little guilty because I'm sure the other kids are going to want some kind of information, but it just is what it is. Part of it too, if I'm being honest, is that with my first, I was still doing my hair and makeup most <laughs> every day. And then by the time I had, you know, we had our first two 18 months apart, holy cow. So I'm still chasing a baby, chasing a toddler, oh, makeup and hair were not happening. And so I wonder if that's why some of the pictures weren't always in it. And I'm kind of over that now. Like I realize now I would rather be documented and in pictures with my kids, whether I'm wearing right. makeup or not, than miss out on seeing that. But at the time I didn't feel that way. Well, and I was joking with Courtney that when you have a toddler running around and you're pregnant, really all you're trying to do is get them to nap so you can lay down <laughs> and ignore things for a while. Uh, another one that I know I'm totally guilty of this one. When I got pregnant with my first, I wanted my belly to show right away. I wanted everybody to know I was pregnant and I wanted to be cute little prego with a belly. Um, I think it was mostly food, but I did pop <laughs> around like 10 weeks and I, I just let it hang. I was like, I'm done sucking in. This is so cute. Anyways. And then you get farther into pregnancy and certainly by the second one, you're, you're just like sucking in. <laughs> <laughs> I know what's coming. <laughs> I went to that motherhood maternity store at the mm -hmm. mall, the, like within the same week that I got my first positive pregnancy test and bought the maternity shirts. Aww. And you know, I was really excited. I think that I was pretty thrilled. I'm everybody's going to not like me saying this, but there are some women who actually look really, really good pregnant. And that was kind of me. I feel like I looked better mm -hmm. pregnant than I did not pregnant. So I was always really anxious for my belly to show with all my pregnancies. But yeah, with that first one, you're like putting yourself in maternity jeans, <laughs> uh, you know, 10 weeks and you know, you're not, Yeah, you're not really ready. Um, along with that, I, I like Etsy now, right? Like Etsy's such a big thing. And there are like the cutest shirts and like matching outfits for mom and baby. And so mm -hmm. I understand like it would be hard even like now if I were to get pregnant, I think I would be tempted to do some of those things again. Yeah. Let's talk about announcing the pregnancy because oh gosh <laughs> I feel like with my third and fourth I'm mostly just calling my husband hey I'm pregnant and he's like oh my gosh that's great you yep. know it wasn't like that we were totally excited don't get me wrong but it was a phone call and not necessarily like a staged I'm gonna hide the iPhone camera and record his reaction <laughs> and I'm gonna did you do that hide the, the positive pregnancy well no because yeah. you know but still I made it a big production to tell Yeah. Them. No, that's funny. And uh, same because with our first, we like, as soon as we were pregnant, everybody knew the due date. They knew from like six weeks. I'll tell you right now, that's a mistake. Okay. <laughs> um, with our second and third and yeah, I think I was just like, I think it was 10 or 12 weeks before we said anything. Like, nah, that's really not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with my first, I had some bladder control until a little later on. Uh, second, third, the rest of my life, I have, I don't have the bladder control I used to have. <laughs> I keep telling Stephanie, we need to get like a physical therapist on our podcast who can talk to us about <laughs> pelvic floor health because I... Um, I don't have those issues unless I'm jumping on a trampoline. And yeah, then... and I think mine are related to endometriosis and some other issues. I have, like, anyways, when they did the surgery, they went in and said I have IC, which is interstitial cystitis. And so I have some other things going on. Uh, but, um, yeah, just so you're all aware, my pelvic floor isn't great health, okay? <laughs> 
if we're talking about health overall, stuff's where it's at. This oh, girl, gosh. you just read, you should see, I wish you guys could see how she's sitting today in the podcast <laughs> chair because her legs are hurting so badly because she ran 18 miles. I did me. because I'm trying to prove or disprove if running a marathon is like giving birth. This is right. Everybody we're talks about that. We're waiting for the report on that. That'll well, I'll great. tell you that the training is just about killing me. So. <laughs> So in that regard, is that a yes? I don't know. I don't know how to relate to that yet. Yeah, I'll have to tell you, though, because I have a feeling I'm definitely going to need some rest after this. All right. So with your first pregnancy, a lot of people are sitting there wondering, do I prepare for birth? Do I take a class? Is that something I need? And we kind of find that people fall into one of two categories. You're either the mom who actually thinks incessantly about what's going to go on in there. How's this all going to work? How are they getting out of there exactly? Mm-hmm. Or you're the mom who's like, is that like a little anxiety ridden? As you're like saying that, I'm like, be. you know what? Maybe that was part of my problem. <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand, you might be the mom who's like, everything's going to be fine. Women go and have babies all the time. It's going to be fine. Another thing I thought of is, and I was totally guilty of this, I would go on to like different birth forums or just like even Baby Center had a forum and people would be talking about, like it would say like EDD January 2000 whatever. And so you like go into that group and like all the moms are talking about something. And so you just get on this like mom train of like craziness, you know, (laughs) things that are like, wait, should I worry about? Is that that, that a thing? Like, should I be talking to my provider about that? Or if I sleep on my belly this way, is it going to suffocate my baby? Like all of these things that are just a little anxiety written listening to everybody's opinions and all of the bad birth stories like just not like not even knowing what to say just taking it all in it was disgusting As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. I used to watch, I don't know if they even still have the show, TLC had like birthday and it just chronicled women's from pregnancy through their birth into a little bit after. Um, but right after that, they would have shows like, I didn't know I was pregnant. And uh. some of those are a little more traumatic. <laughs> and I would seriously sit on the couch and watch show after show after show. And a lot of them were tear jerkers and just made me all the more anxious to have my baby. But the problem is that... Um, not all of them were always super positive <laughs> and that stuff gets kind of stuck in your head. And anyway, I was a bit more obsessive with watching those with my first, I, I don't even think I had time, honestly, with my second. And I was no here going, no, I was chasing babies. I didn't have time to watch TV. Yeah. Come you know on. what I was doing with my first was reading all the Twilight episodes and then going to the movie. That's it. <laughs> Good times. Mm, that that's dating us just a touch. Yeah. I find that women who are pregnant with their first, and this was me as well, um, when it comes to how you approach your provider, you tend to go along with whatever they say. Mm-hmm. Um, because you look at them like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never done this before, and clearly they do, and so everything they say must be gospel truth. 
Yeah, and along with that, picking an OB. Not that, there's nothing wrong with this, but not understanding like that there were any other options. At least for myself, that was very much the case. Like you get pregnant and you go to an OB. Like what else is there? And so it yeah. it took like not having a great situation with my first to realize, oh, I have all these other options and different ways to get birth. And I think as well for a lot of women anything outside of a hospital is still kind of sometimes weird. I'm Mm -hmm. hoping that we're taking that stigma away. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that we're making that, I'm hoping that, like it has that like hippie, like, you know what I mean? I, the only woman when I was pregnant with my first that I knew like personally that had ever done home birth was really weird. (laughs) So, you know, she, it's like that one homeschooling family that ruins it for the rest of us. No, for real though. She, I don't even know who she, she's not listening to this. She was one of my mom's friends, but like, she was so weird. She used to, you know how your underwear, if you've had them for a long time, the crotch part can get like kind Mm -hmm. of not so great. I don't know where this is going. (laughs) Rather than buying new underwear, she used to take a seam ripper and detach the crotch part of the underwear and sew in a new little cloth piece for the crotch. So that's the level. I thought you were going to say she just let it hang. And oh, <laughs> let it air out. Sweet breath. No, but anyway, the point being the only woman I knew that had given birth outside of a hospital was weird. And, you know, all these shows that I just got done saying I was watching never followed anybody birthing any place other than a hospital. So, well, and the cool thing now is there are shows that are all about that, right? Like, what's yeah. the what's the UK one where like what they show is home birth? The UK follows a midwife model of care. In fact, right. I I'm kind of envious well, Europe, of that. Europe, Europe in, in general, general yeah. is really great about doing that. So, yeah. anyway, I hope that's not so much the case now. I hope all of you, having listened to us are aware of people who have had great out-of-birth hospital experiences. and Because yeah, we're not weird. Right? I was just going to say, we're not weird, but, well, okay. If no, but if they're listening to us, at least you think we're not weird. So that's like a decent amount of people that think we're not weird. They might think we're weird. <laughs> we are a little bit, but everybody is, right? Everybody is. Yeah, we're going to put that on you too. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, and we kind of touched on this, but you don't realize all of the <laughs> advice you're going to get while you're pregnant warranted or not, um, good or not. I just, I don't know what it is about having a baby that just suddenly everybody decides they need to tell you how to do your business. Um, I think it goes back to that whole, like when you have a bad birth experience, you know, you gotta like, you you have to justify what happened. And so I think that's a lot with parenting too. Well, and with your first, you're lower on the pecking order because they've gone through birth before and right, you haven't. That's right. their point of view, I think. Sometimes they might not be consciously thinking of that. Yeah. But if they know that they've experienced something you haven't, of course their natural inclination is going to be to share. You know, you know what's interesting about it is whether or not a mom has had a good or a bad experience, when birth comes up, just you feel the need to share, mm-hmm. which I think is really neat because it shows like how much power um, is behind I that process of birth. Yeah, yeah, it's innate. It's a part of us. There's right. this desire to share and connect to other women in this way that I kind feel of like we need a us. birth story circle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like positive birth stories, bring them on. Maybe we should do a traumatic birth story circle too, like separately. You know what for, I mean? Oh, for like, women who are trying to heal mm-hmm, from traumatic yeah. births? Mm, that's a good idea. With my first, I could sleep whenever I wanted. If I was tired when I got oh, home from yes. work, in fact, that was a lot of the time because mm-hmm. I was pregnant, I would just curl up on the couch and fall asleep while my husband made or got dinner. It was a dream. Oh, there was one time I slept during work 
don't tell any like I like they had this one back room and they had like extra chairs there and stuff and I was like yeah. 10 minutes it's on the clock I'm like I'm just gonna lay down it was like 25 minutes later before <laughs> and I they didn't have anywhere to lay down I put like two chairs against each other you guys I'm tiny enough to be able to do this okay and I like laid with half of my body on one and half my lower half on the other and, oh my gosh I was so tired and obviously one of the biggest differences is that it was still just you and your husband, your partner, it was just the two of you. Yeah, I I do miss that intimacy and that time, um, but it's such a neat thing to kind of transition into parenthood, to mothering and fathering a child, because I think um, it, what we said the most, well, first of all, was that you could stare at your baby all day and never be bored. Um, but the other thing that came really quickly after having a baby is wondering what I did with my life before I had a child. Yes. Like, I, I'm like, it was all for me. Me. It was all about me and not in a bad way. It just was what it was. But realizing like how much I loved this little child in front of me and how everything now revolves around them. Um, that was a complete different mind shift for me. And on a pessimistic note, uh, <laughs> you know how like when you, here you are, you're adulting, right? You're listening to podcasts. You're a full-fledged Nailed adult. It. Congratulations. Yes. But you look back on childhood or even, you know, junior high, high school, and you're like, I didn't know how easy I had it. Oh my gosh. I you? feel that you're like, way. I've ruined it. <laughs> I didn't take advantage when I should have. Right. I look back on the years when it was just my husband and I, and I'm like, we didn't realize no, how good we kind don't of, know. We wasted some of that. I don't want to say wasted. That right, sounds really sad. Right. But like we could have been doing more than we were. That, you know, it's so true. And like the thing about it is like once you're a mother, always a mother, right? Like it never yeah. goes away. Same with being a wife or a father. I just, it, it changes your life forever. And like they say, like, you know, for the rest of your life, like that child is yours. You will be mothering for the rest of your life and mm -hmm. there's no getting around it. So I, yes, if you can, I would say definitely take some of that time, consecrate it for you and your husband for sure. All right. So as we move into birth with your first, I feel like your thoughts are often consumed with what is this going to feel like? What are contractions going to feel like? Am I going to be able to recognize them? You know, you can hear them described a million different ways. And until you've experienced it, you're still not totally sure what that's like. Obviously with subsequent pregnancies, um, there's not that same particular wonder anymore. You've had contractions probably you know what they feel like and so some of you're that either looking mystery, forward to it or you're dreading it right <laughs> right but some of that mystery is gone you're still going to be wondering how is birth going to unfold but you know now what some of that stuff feels like right and hopefully you're a birth nerd like we are and I mean I don't know about you but like labor is the best part right because yeah. you're like oh my gosh it's happening and yeah. this is my like show time watch me go so, uh, yeah, hopefully if you're listening to us, you feel that way too. Um, I think this was absolutely true for myself. I know that it's true of other mothers as well. And I will preface this by saying there is not one better place than another to give birth and whatever you choose is wonderful for you. Um, but for myself, it, what was different for me was giving birth in a hospital versus how that experience for myself wasn't great and then wanting to or even learning about and having a desire to birth out of hospital and how incredible that is. Um, and I say that in, in the sense that it was that experience that led me to do what Courtney and I do today um, and hopefully change a lot of women's lives in the process. Just
just allowing them to know that your body can do this thing. I mean, if my body can do it, and I hope that's what every mother feels when she has her babies, if my body can do this incredible thing, so can yours. So kind of like we were saying before, with your first, you don't know what to expect, but hopefully you're ready and you feel prepared, right? You don't know what to expect, but you might be feeling a little nervous. Um, your mindset the second time around, don't be surprised if it's, I remember what this was like, and I just, I hope that I'm going to be strong enough to do this again. Am I going to be able to handle it? Is it going to go differently, better than last time? Maybe that might be your train of thought. Yeah. And I would say, pay attention to your thoughts, because if you're noticing that the closer you get to the end game, to giving birth to that baby, you're feeling a little bit anxious or concerned. That's probably some unresolved stuff from previously. I can relate to that. And so that's where positive affirmations um, really play a big part and making sure that you have that good birth support with your good birth team. And like Courtney said, I think what happens with that first baby is wondering like, can I do this? Can I complete the task? I've never done this before. And when you do it, um, or even in my case where like maybe you've had a cesarean birth with your first, trusting the fact that you can do this. Hopefully with that next one, it actually creates more confidence no matter what your first experience was like. And then after that baby arrives, there's breastfeeding and there's keeping a baby alive, right? <laughs> and you have a lot more confidence the second, third, fourth time around with both of those things than you did previously. Again, in part because I know I wondered as a first time mom, what is this gonna feel like exactly? <laughs> you know? And am I gonna know what to do? And with my next babies, getting them to latch on properly, I was far more confident doing that, knowing exactly what to look for because I'd already nursed a baby before. Yeah, I was actually surprised. It was kind of like that whole riding a bicycle thing. I was surprised at how confident I felt with the second one, knowing how not confident I felt with the first. And that is not a joke, the whole keeping a baby alive thing. I So I had a cesarean birth with my first baby. I, so they require you to be there for three days. And when they were sending us home, I was like, wait, you trust me to keep this baby? Like, I have, you know I don't know what I'm doing, right? <laughs> I have not done this before. And they're like, okay, see you later. Like, you're out of here. Well, and I think because of that, too, with the pediatrician, every recommendation that they made, um, I was like, okay, yes, okay, like whatever you say. I think part of that was lack of confidence. Part of that too was I was nervous about um, wanting to make waves or offend anyone. And so I feel like my skills in advocating for myself and my baby weren't really as refined as they are now. So nowadays, if I have a doctor that tells me, like I had a pediatrician and I love her, she's really, really great. But one of her big thing, and I don't mean to offend if you feel similarly to how she does, she's like, don't tell your baby no, unless um, it's gonna, something that puts their life in danger. Like let's mm. reserve no just for those instances. And I just remember smiling and going, oh, uh-huh, okay. This is why millennials <laughs> exist. <laughs> Should we have this conversation? <laughs> but I would just smile and nod knowing full well that I tell my kid no when I feel like they need to have boundaries set for them. Uh, but, you know, before that, I would have been, oh, gosh, well, maybe she's maybe that is what I need to be doing. She's the expert. So there's just a lot more confidence interacting with Th providers. That is a, so right. Next mm -hmm. podcast episode. <laughs> but uh, parenting with your first versus all the others. Yeah. Getting yeah. your voice. Exactly. Particularly with birth, and we talked about this in an entire podcast episode, but all the stuff that you're going to pack that you may or may not use when you're at the hospital, 
I wish I could say that that got better for me with the more babies that I had. It was so easy with the third because I was at home. So I was like, they have everything that they need here. But I, like I said, with my second, we like full on double suitcased it into the office. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, we have to say <laughs> that um, we hope you're not offended by any of it because we know we've got some first time mamas listening to us. And I hope that like you can enjoy kind of the satire and the fun that we have here because we've been there and we love on you and it's okay to do all of those things too. Like it's just part of it. And then you'll have your own story. As always, one of the bright spots for Stephanie and I is hearing from you guys, interacting with the people that listen to our podcast. So we want to know, were there things that were different with your second, third, fourth subsequent births and pregnancies than with your first? We want to hear some of your funny parenting and pregnancy moments too. So shoot us an email at hello at myessentialbirth.com or slide into our Instagram DMs at myessentialbirth. All right, mamas, we will be back with more tips and advice soon. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe so that you get notifications first about new episodes. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for more information on the birth course and to join our online community serving pregnant mamas just like you.